All right, here we go. Pow! From Trenton! Woo! What Trenton makes, the world takes! What's up, gamblers? We're back again, the Book It Podcast. Me and Alan back for our second week in a row. First week went pretty well, if you ask me. Think uh, views were right around normal. Um, don't think people minded too much that we were off. A couple things I did forget to say. Remember, tell a friend, tell an enemy. Uh, remember to subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe. Follow us on Twitter. Follow me and Alan on Twitter. Um, Live action. Yeah, I mean, I know I tweet. I know, Alan, you you like to I, – I tweet a lot about the Sixers, and then you like to chime back at me about – at me about stuff, so, hey. Here and there, you know what I mean? like to post a little action, you know what I'm doing well, I gotta flash it a little bit, you know how it goes. Yeah, it's like you get a new gold watch, you flash it around once in a while. Absolutely, brand new kicks, you got them Yeezys on, here we go, baby. Exactly, exactly. Uh, yep, so follow us there, follow us on action. That is about it with the credentials if we had a sponsor we don't if anyone does want to sponsor us um please but no free advertising so i'm not gonna sponsor anybody okay moving on to this week's action week of february 13th today is so we'll say february 14th we're recording this on thursday uh we got stuff to do tomorrow so i'm not recording on the typical friday um but for this week we're gonna run down some college basketball some teams that um, I like to either fade or I'm looking to bet on, or my dog Seton Hall and how Miles Powell had a terrible game last night. They only lost by a couple possessions, though. Then we'll jump into a little Friday breakdown. Not too many cards, a lot of mid-major teams playing. Still found some potential spots, and then some a Saturday spots. Not as big as usual. Like I said, we are on Thursday, so some of these teams have to play tonight and are still going to play. Still some breaking down to do. Um, I'll give a little futures update in the college basketball market we'll throw it over to alan for some nba action on this lovely february weekend and we'll finish it out and we'll finish it out with a little bit about the xfl not too much and then a gambling tip somewhere in there if we feel like talking about it okay big week this week ain't it big week college basketball this is a huge week past week was huge I don't know if this week can get as good as what happened last week. I mean, last Saturday started, first of all, if you didn't start drinking at noon Saturday, if you didn't drink and gamble for 12-plus hours that day, I don't know what you were doing. Yeah, there's something wrong with you. A couple of my buddies, couple of my buddies came over. He texted me at, like, 11.30. He's like, yo, he's like, um, what time What time do you want me to come over? I said, bro, 12. The game started at 12. Come over earlier. So he was over. He was over all the way until like eight o'clock, and they had a party at their house. We went there. I mean, it was it was three in the morning, and we were still there. And I was, I, I was a zillion beers deep by then, so we were already out of it. But the point is, if you didn't gamble and drink for twelve hours on a Saturday, I don't know what you are doing because you missed a ton of great action, especially if you were drunk watching it. It started off huge with the LSU Auburn game. Auburn or LSU, I had them plus five. They were up like 15 the whole game and then all of a sudden end of the game they blow it goes to overtime LSU did cover and Auburn won which was the best scenario for us I'll tell you that why later 
Then getting into the night slate, we had the Duke game. I mean, it was Duke-Carolina. It was your typical great rivalry. Duke was down 10. And like I said, I said North Carolina first half. I was feeding that to everyone that was at my house that they watched. I said, listen, North Carolina's going to come out hot. They might be up a good bit at half. And then we'll look to live bet Duke. Listen, you know what? You told you kept telling me that too. Like you were you were big on that train. It was just you know it was one of those things where like this is one of the greatest rivalries in college sports. I mean, you talk about basketball, Duke, North Carolina. You know what I mean? How much more exciting can you get? Like right there, that's it. That's the pinnacle. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't matter. It didn't matter. North Carolina sucked. It didn't matter. No. Duke was apparently no. a top ten team. Cole Anthony was back. It was at Carolina. Game day was there. The the kids and fans were drunk as fuck. They were ready for this game. And it showed. Carolina came out hot. They didn't miss. They played a great game for, I don't know, 39 and a half minutes. They put a show on. I'll tell you that. Both teams, they put a clinic on. It was amazing. I mean, you know, I know we're not towards the end of the game yet, but I was, you know, I'm a big chewer. had to chew in, went to lean down to get my my device, you know what I mean, that I just launched, you know, my tobacco into, and uh, I look up, and they were down by, what was it, 2F? I look up, and the, the game's going into OT, you know what I mean? It was it was insane. Yeah, I was, after the first half was over, because, like, obviously I did have money, I had a nice, I won't lie, North Carolina first half was my biggest play Saturday, and I, I told people that, and I was wearing a Duke sweatshirt, I think I tweeted out, I said, I'm wearing a Duke sweatshirt, and I'm saying North Carolina first half is a huge sum of money should be on this. Because they are going to plus four. I mean, I was thinking plus four and a half or plus five. It came out a little shorter. I was still okay with it. Now I wasn't saying money line. I didn't. I, I don't risk it with money lines like that. Just give me the points. Be safe. But I mean, I was all about that early. And then once the second half started, I said, okay, now we're into Duke mode. First of all, we're looking to get Duke live. Blah 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 blah. I got Duke live at four and a half, which was actually a terrible number. Should have waited five more minutes and could have got him nine and a half or even ten. And I tried to tell people in my house, I tried to say, yo, bet them, bet them. I don't want to keep doubling down on Duke. I I had a couple numbers on Duke Plus, so it worked out. But, man, that end of that game was insane. Trey Jones is an animal, but, hey, North Carolina can't make free throws. And once again, that ultimately came back to bite them. They were, I think they, they were 18 for 35 or 36 from the line. They could have ended the game in regulation. The game should have been over. But, hey, props to Coach K, props to Trey Jones. 18 points in the last minute of OT and minute of the game. The miss of the free throw to hit the jumper to send it to OT and then uh, to get the rebound, then air ball, and then uh, Moore's there to finish it up at the game. Great game. I went crazy in my house like 15 times. Um, it was it was a hell of a way to go into the night slate of college basketball because that game was only on six. I know. Oof. Talk about a starter. Yeah, I mean, well, midday, you know what I mean, whatever else. You already had a good load on. Talk about excitement. <laughs> there it was. And, I mean, I was already how many beers deep by then, so I, I watched a couple games late. I think I had Oregon State late that night too. But, anyway, we'll move on into what happened during the week, happened last night. You even want to talk about this, the Michigan State-Illinois game. Jesus. Holy Christmas. Talk about college sports at its finest. I mean, we talked about excitement last week. If you I, – I, I was talking to him about this a little earlier today. I said I watched that game by pure uh, – coincidence you know nothing else was on tv laying on the couch you know trying to recover a little bit and boom this game comes on i'm like oh screw it i'll watch it i end up watching the whole thing and talk about action i mean break it down for us i mean okay so i was on illinois 
And the reason to be on Illinois was Michigan State sucks. That, that was my reason. I was on Michigan State Saturday. They got blown up by Michigan. They just didn't look like a good team. That was my take. They don't. They are not a good team. And people were saying it could be a Michigan State spot. I'm like, mm, this is an Illinois spot at home as a short dog. And I got them two and a half. I got at the ass end of the line move. Well, ass end of the line move for Michigan State backers, but I took value then, blah, blah, blah. And obviously we know it was a blowout. The game was a blowout. It goes to the second half. I, I went up to go to to go to sleep 10 minutes ago in the second half. I said, this is a loser. Like, even Illinois is trying to come back. Michigan State just keeps hitting shots. Well, I was watching their Dame game, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, this AODD something or other. I don't know his name. I can't tell you. The, I can't tell you his last name. It's some weird stuff. It's IO something. He's number 11 on Illinois. He's their best player. This kid was unconscious. He didn't miss a damn shot. He didn't miss anything. Sad to hear the kid did get injured on the last play of the game. They said it was something, it, it wasn't torn or anything, but it was something in his knee, leg area. Hope the kid's good. If the kid's good, Illinois can make a run in March easily. But I give Illinois a ton of credit. Come back from down 20 with, I think, 15 minutes to go. You talk about hot hand. You look up. You look up hot hand in the dictionary. Right there was that Illinois kid. I mean, man, he was just he was on fire. You just couldn't stop him, no matter where he was. You couldn't. You couldn't. And then uh, give Michigan State credit. Hey, they did close it out. They won by one, which was perfect because uh, we're going to be able to fade Michigan State going ahead, and we're going to be able to bet on Illinois going ahead as long as Ao uh, is back. As long as he's back in the lineup. I'm uh, not sure who they play this weekend, but even if he's not this weekend, going forward, especially in the Big Ten tournament. I like them as a bet on team and probably going to have a little bit of them in the futures market too. Now, moving on. Also, what happened last night, Seton Hall did lose. Our boys went down. Miles Powell shot one for 11 from deep. Uh, overall, the team didn't play well. McKnight didn't play well. Mamo Kiafili, he probably had their best game, but he got he was in foul trouble early. Gill, eh, decent. Creighton shot the lights out. I won't lie. Creighton played a hell of a game. But if you ask me, for Seton Hall playing really shitty and uh, I think shooting like under 30% from deep, and they only lost by two possessions. I know it was at home. That's fine with me. That's a, that's a, hey, Big East is a tough conference. That's fine with me. Pal, you don't, you want him to get that shitty game out now. Believe me, Seton Hall is still a hell of a team. They're still a Final Four team in my eyes. Um, also, last night, actually, Auburn played Alabama. I was on Bama. Auburn's once again a fraud. I don't know if you saw any of this game. Auburn was up 14 nothing. They were up two touchdowns to start the game. <laughs> Freaking fraud, he goes. I love that term. That that term just, just cracks me up as a person. I mean, I love it. it it's the truth, though. I mean, it's, we speak nothing but facts here. Uh, it's the bottom line. Fraud. They are. It's Listen, I've had my frauds in college football. I have my frauds in college basketball, and I have my frauds in the NFL. Seattle and Green Bay, they were frauds this year. Believe me, you can talk about stats, stats, stats. I, we won't get into that because I already screamed about them enough. We're screaming about Auburn basketball right now why they're frauds. Listen, we told you Saturday they did it against LSU. They came back and won the game by one. Well, this game, they're up uh, 14. I think they were up 25 at one point. Well, Alabama said, hang on, let me just shoot 63s this game. They shot, Their offense, I tweeted this out, their offense was literally come down, spot up, shoot a three every time. That was their offense. It didn't matter how much time was left in the game, what they were down, it did not matter. And they made them too. It was insane. They made like 23s, 21 threes or something. Holy shit. Act like a small ball team. You know what I mean? Damn. Well, that game ends up going to overtime, and I'm sweating Bama plus seven because Auburn gets up like eight in overtime. Then obviously Bama hits a couple threes, blah, 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 blah. We cover a number. Perfect again because we're once again going to look to fade Auburn because, like I said, they're fraud. Now, moving on to last week, I think I spoke on this, how the Minnesota spot against Penn State was a big one. 
and Minnesota was down a lot. They came back against Penn State at Happy Valley, and they pushed the number unless you got 5.5 on Penn State or 6.5 mini. I don't think 6.5 was available for a long time. It might have been a soft open somewhere. Penn State's a really good team. I won't lie. They won against Purdue this week. I had them plus 5. They won outright by like 20. And listen, Penn State's won. How many times on the road in the Big Ten? No other team has done this. They're the, on, obviously the best team in the Big Ten, maybe outside of Michigan State if you want to say talent-wise, but right now Michigan State's in, in free fall. I mean, I don't really see them anywhere there. Ohio State, blah, blah, blah. Penn State's the best best team in the Big Ten. Um, I actually got their futures today. I put some money down on them at 33-1. to 1. I just think that's insane for a team. If Penn State wins the Big Ten tournament, they have an argument to be a two-seed or even a one-seed. If they win out and win the tournament, it could hurt them because you don't want to play that many games leading up to the tournament and be that hot. But they can get it as a one or two seed. And to have them at 33 to 1, I think it's a good price to finally uh, put some money down on them. Uh, what do you think about uh, Penn State? You see any Penn State basketball? Um, uh, you know, it's one of those things. I watch it here and there. Um, Penn State, I know, you know, everybody bags on them. They said, basketball who? At Penn State University? Well, guess what? Player. Penn State is here this year. I mean, it's the bottom line. It, you know, there's nothing else you can really say about it. They're playing. They're playing some good ball right now. You know what I mean? Uh, just from watching a couple updates on ESPN and everything else, and seeing the lines and how they're adjusting. I mean, I just think they they could they could do well in these next few weeks here. Now, my only concern would be is they do make a lot of threes. They do shoot a lot of threes. And when you make a lot of threes, if you get a game where you don't make a lot of threes, you could have problems. Penn State, I think, started the game like six for seven from three against uh, Purdue and blah, blah, blah. Everyone was bitching about that. But, hey, they have a lot of shooters. If you shoot the rock, and that's what you're looking for in March. If you get a team that's hot shooting, I mean, yeah, you could say, well, when they don't make them, but what if they don't not – what if they keep making them? They're going to be a hard team to beat in March. Um, that is about it for my teams we're looking at. Quick little rundown Friday and Saturday, then we'll jump over to the NBA. Uh, Friday, two games I'm looking at potentially. Lines that come out, this is just what Kempom has. Iona minus two against Manhattan, and Yale minus four against Princeton. Both the same way here. Um, I look at teams that can get second chance points, so offensive rebounds is key to me. If you're getting second chance opportunities, first of all, you're getting short baskets. Second of all, you're limiting possessions for the other team. Also, if you could shoot the ball and defend the three ball, because as we know, basketball is going to everything inside, everything outside. So they're my main focal points. Experience matters a little earlier in the season and late in the season. Right now, experience is a little out of the picture. I like where both of these teams line up. Um, if Yale does open four, it's probably not going to be a bet. I'm probably looking for three, two and a half. Um, or maybe we'll split it first half, second half. We'll see. I own a same deal there. Once again, follow me on action. You'll know when I put these games in. If I put them in, I might not end up betting them because these lines might not come out at these numbers. This is just what Kempom has. Now, jumping over to Saturday's spots. Now, I know I just talked about Penn State. I know I have them 33-1, to but they play Northwestern this Saturday at home. Kempom has the game at 14. I think it's going to open up higher. It might open up 17, 16 and a half. It, it might look like a football a football uh, line. If this does happen, I will have a little investment on Northwestern. It's that simple. PSU fade. This is the worst team they've played in, I don't know, a couple weeks at home. And yeah, if they win this, they're in first. They'll win this game easily. I'm not saying upset alert. But um, I know Penn State Barstool is trying to get uh, the students all hyped up for this game, blah, 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 blah. 
And the place probably will be jumping, but listen, Penn State knows they're going to win this game easily. Northwestern is Northwestern and Nebraska are the laughing stock of the Big Ten. Um, this is going to be a Penn State fade for me probably as long as it's, like I said, over that 15-16 number because I think it's going to be inflated a little bit with how good Penn State's been playing. And Northwestern's lost like 12 in a row. So there you go. Simple there. Uh, two other or three other spots potentially. Virginia plus one against North Carolina. I think North Carolina, after the show they put on against Wake Forest, they are honestly, they're dead. They're done. They're dead. They're not going to want to compete against this Virginia team. Virginia just slows the rock down and they're just going to beat you. That's what they're, I don't, they might only win by a point. If they could win by a half point, they'd win by a half point. Virginia is the slowest team in basketball. I don't suggest watching them. But if you're going up against a team that isn't a great shooting team and likes to run, oh my God, you're going to feed right into Virginia. Because guess what? If you don't convert on any fast breaks you get, Virginia's going to run away with this game. This is a, this is a good spot for Virginia. Now, my favorite spot of the weekend, we will be on this right when this line pops Friday night. Mizzou plus five as per Kempom against Auburn. Hoping it opens up a little higher just because Auburn did have those two good wins these uh, Saturday and last night. Once again, a fate of Auburn. Mizzou is a spot, 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 spot and a half. Give me them plus five. Probably have them first half, probably have them full game and probably if they get down a ton early, we're going to jump in live on them too. Mizzou is the favorite spot for Saturday. One other thing I want to talk about is Gonzaga's first half overs have hit like, I think, 12 games in a row. I'm not saying I'm a trends player, but the line has yet to catch up to it. Look for them again Saturday. Saturday night, I think they play at 1030. Um, if the line is anywhere under 75, we're going to look to bet it. And with that, I already talked about the futures. We still have Seton Hall 40 to 1 and Penn State 33 to 1. Um, nice. Nice I, deal. I think that about wraps up my college basketball ramble. Love the ramble about this shit. Please, I would I, honestly, I wish, I wish more people want to talk about college basketball like on Twitter and shit. Like I, I go on Twitter and I look at people who talk about college basketball and they're, they're always just like fans and shit. And I'm just like, bro. Yep. Ah, shit. You always have those people, man. Pit, pit, like, dude, Homer's about Penn State. Oh my god, bro. And then you hear people like, okay, uh, quick little rant, quick. Everyone always bitches about Duke fans, Duke fans, Duke fans. How Duke gets a ton of calls. Duke gets Duke does get a ton of calls. I had Florida State uh, when they played uh, Monday. The the end of the game there, um, the end of the game there, when um, Hurt got a board. First of all, it was over the back on Hurt, and then he threw a bow into a guy and got a foul called on Florida State. There was two fouls on Hurt. It was neither on Duke. It was neither on Florida State. There were two fouls on Duke. It should have been Florida State ball. I'm not saying Duke gets favorable calls at home, but I could tell you when they do get a favorable call, and that was a favorable call right there. Um, I'm not going to sit here and be like, I'm not going to jerk off Duke or anything, but Florida State probably could have won that game if it wasn't for that call. And uh, I, I hate seeing on Twitter when people are like, oh, Duke fans are so blah, 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 blah. I can't wait to fade Duke in March, blah, blah, blah. They're going to suck, blah, 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 blah. I'm a true Duke fan. I was happy Duke won against Carolina. I was happy Duke won against Florida State. I don't trust this team in March. I will tell you that right now. I'm not going to be a fan that's drink the Kool-Aid about them. Like I said, I faded them the last two games. Uh, we're not going to fade them this weekend because they're playing some slop. But uh, we'll continue to fade Duke, um, too, especially if they don't make their free throws late in games. Anyway, that is about 19 and a half minutes of me rambling about college sports. Alan, 
NBA is yours. All I do have to say is the Sixers are back, baby. JoJo is finally <laughs> one with the city. <laughs> I mean, this was an energized Sixers team. Talk about it. I mean, I'm not even going to talk, you know. It was nice to see, you know, like last week we talked about how Shaq and Charles Barkley got on Joel Embiid a little bit. But you know what? They made a great point. Um, if you're gonna be, if you're gonna be great in this league, you know, you just can't, you can't be putting up 26, 10, 10 at, at home all the time. You know, you got to be doing 26, 10, and 10 on the road also. And that's what this is what it's coming down to. I mean, you're getting late in the season here. You need to pick up the ball. I mean, this is the time where you show up, show up, and show out. This is it. This is where we're breaking down here. And you know what? I have two. We have two games left here before the All Star break, and the All Star break indicates we are another month closer to the NBA playoffs. So, with that being said, here we are. Two games on the 13th tonight. We have the Clippers versus the Celtics. Line is at minus two, as far as I know right now. I took Celtics minus two. Let me tell you something. I watched this team against the Rockets. There, um, yes, the Celtics did lose, but. It was the first time in a few games that the full lineup was there. Um, Kemba Walker showed up first half. Um, Jalen Brown knocking down threes. Like it's his, it, it, I mean, I was going to say, like, it is his job, but it is his job on the Celtics bench there. I mean, bottom line, I like the Celtics team. I, I honestly am a true Celtics fan. Ev, you know that. Uh, I think we're going to be locked in and loaded here tonight versus the Clippers. Um, as far as I know here, the Clippers have Patrick Beverly is still out. Jalen Brown is probable to go tonight, which would be great for the Celtics. If so, like I said, take the Celtics minus two. Um, the other game that is tonight is Thunder versus the Pelicans. Now, I noticed a few games ago when Pelicans played the Bucks that Pelicans were picking up their game. I mean, regardless, I think the Bucks last – no, I mean the Pelicans – are just going to play great ball tonight. I have the Pelicans, minus three and a half. Um, most of the money is on New Orleans tonight, 74%. Uh, injuries is Brandon Ingram for the Pelicans tonight. He is questionable for Thursday's game. Now, uh, Darius Baisley is still out for OKC. I mean, he's been out for a couple of weeks here now. I mean, nothing big. Um, like I said, two games left here before the All-Star break which uh, is going to lead us into what we're going to talk about here in a few minutes. Um, like I said, Pelicans minus three and a half. I think that's the business. That's where you wrap up. That's where you flip your deals at. So with that being said, do you have anything you want to add to those games there? Yeah, so I'll add something to that Celtics game. It's uh, obviously uh, two days after the Sixers played the uh, Clippers. The Clippers obviously stayed in the East Coast for that. Uh, if you ask me, the Clippers were not the same team. I don't know what it was. I saw them. They were good, and... I mean, if they get Morris there, if he starts going, because, I mean, they just got him trade, blah, blah, blah. And Kawhi did look good, but I agree with you. I think it is a Celtic spot. I think you're getting a cheap number there. Also, um, DraftKings is running a promo tonight where they have Zion Williams, Williamson over 33.5 points, assists, and rebounds at plus 110. Um, I'll tell you right now, that is a sucker bet because, yes, his last game, they're endorsing it, saying, oh, he had 45 combined there. Previous game, he didn't play. Uh, the Bulls on February 6th, he only had 28 combined. The Bucks on February 4th, he only had 30 combined. The Rockets on February 2nd, he had 33. Um, the Grizzlies, he had 34. And the Cavs, he had 20. And that's going back. That's all the way into February. Listen, if it was plus 150 or higher, I would say, yes, it's worth a bet. 
not at plus 110. You're almost getting even odds for a guy that's it's a coin flip. If it's probably not, it's not a coin flip. You're, if you look at the numbers here, you're saying there's a what 40, 35 percent chance he does it. And yeah, if he goes off, he goes off. But God forbid if this game turns into a blowout in any way, they might sit him. Um, don't take that bet. I did see it. It did look enticing. But like I said, you're you're looking for better odds on stuff like that. That's my two cents about the NBA. Floor's back to you, bud. All right, here we go. All-star break. I mean, if you love the NBA, you love the all-star break. I mean, we got we got Team LeBron, Team Le- uh, Giannis here. For Team LeBron, Frank Vogers is coaching uh, for LeBron's team tonight. Team Giannis, we got Nick Nurse from – well, Frank Vogel is actually the Lakers coach, and Nick Nurse is from Toronto. I mean, let's uh, just for a second here. I just want to dabble on this a little bit quick, yeah. Uh Toronto, I mean, without quiet share, is still playing great ball. I mean, bottom line, like, they are doing very well. And I think the lines, like, some of the lines you get for them are just steals. So just keep an eye out for that Toronto team. You know, everybody's kind of crap on them. Oh, Kawhi left. Uh, well, guess what? They're still winning ball games here, and they're still going to compete in in the playoffs. I mean, bottom line, you know they're returning they're returning champions. I mean, when you when you believe you're a winner, you it, it's it does something for your team. I think it it, it forces you to be a little better. Uh, come those times, uh, you have a little more experience. They have guys that have been there, you know. So that was just my little breakdown on the the Raptors there. Yeah, but, fuck uh, your Raptors. <laughs> yeah, for uh, Team LeBron, uh, we got AD, Kawhi, Luka, and Harden for the five. The notable uh, reserves, we got Chris Paul, Damian Lillard, Jason Tatum, uh, a few other guys there. I don't want to really get into all that. Uh, Giannis, Team Giannis, uh, we have Joel Embiid, uh, Pascal, Kemba Walker, and Trey Young. Um, some reserves there. Uh, we got, oh, I had it here. Now, as he as he goes to find that, always remember this All Star Weekend is gonna be a big betting weekend, especially for like like three point contests, dunk contests, skills competition, blah 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 blah. And you're gonna get a lot of people on Twitter, especially people on ESPN. They're gonna be like, "Oh, this guy, blah 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 blah." Listen, I am. I'll probably have some bets on this. Don't break a bankroll betting on the dunk no. contest or three point. Contest. Yeah. Take lunch yeah. money. Play around with it. Find a guy you like. Maybe a guy on your team that you're like, you know what? I want to back him. Maybe your favorite player. Throw some money on him. Don't go crazy. Have fun. But uh, don't try to get rich off the dunk contest or three-point contest or skills competition. And this is what this is. These are the things we talk about when you sit down, you take your six-pack, you set it on the living room table, and you kick back with the boys. You watch it, and you, you drink your six-pack, and you enjoy it. It's a few bucks here, here, there. You know what I mean? Like you said, it's lunch money. This isn't I'm taking my girlfriend out to dinner money. This isn't I'm buying her a Valentine's gift if I hit big money. This is I'm going to sit here with the boys and have a good night kind of money. So with that being said, I actually found the team Giannis reserves. Uh, Brandon Ingram, which he's been hurt here, he, the notable reserves here. Brandon Ingram, like I said, it's been hurt. Jimmy Butler, Rudy Gobert, uh, Donovan Mitchell, Kyle Lowry, and Chris Middleton. Um, I just think, honestly, I, I I like Team LeBron to win the uh, All Star break. I just think they're a little. They take this thing a little more seriously. Uh, they always did. I mean, LeBron refused to lose last year. We all seen that. It was uh, it was quite the show. So. That being said, moving on to the three-point contest, um, we have Damian Lillard, Buddy Hill, Trey Young, 
Joe Harris, Duncan Robinson, Zach Levine, Vontae Graham, and Davis Bertens. And last year, Joe Harris actually won the three-point contest. That doesn't give him a guarantee for this year. Um, I numbered these guys from best to worst uh, shooting percentage for the year. Now, game percentage compared to shooting by yourself under the clock is a little different. We all know that. These guys are pros. But number one this year, with uh, I'm going to do the top three Ev here quick. The top three uh, shooting percentages is Duncan Robinson, 44.1%. At number two, we've got Davis Bertens at 43.1%. And at number three, we actually have the last year's champion looking to make it two in a row is Joe Harris at 40.4%. So, are, you know, those are guys. And we also have the hot hand at number four, Damian Lillard, 39.8%. We all see what he's done the last few weeks here. It's going to be a, a great show. I think they're going to put on a great clinic here. Um, do you have anything you want to say about this, Ev? Yeah, I got a little story for uh, last year's uh, three-point contest. Like you said, I was up at uh, I was at Penn State, and me and uh, Herndon, we were uh, we were dabbling around with, like we said, three-point contest, dunk contest, and we are looking up some stuff, and we kind of came on Joe Harris. I think he was eight or nine to one at the time. I said, ah, screw it. I'll put I'll put 15 bucks on him. Like I said, lunch money, right? Yeah, well, he said, ah, oh, you know what? I'll, I'll put 15 bucks on him too. Well, he ended up winning. So you know what? There you go. Had we were drinking, had one bet on the three-point contest, made us what? A, a quick hundred bucks there? No big deal. Yep. And that's yep. that's the fun in it. That that's the fun in it. Cash in the pocket. That's the that's lunch money, baby. Beer money. That's what I'm talking about. Go out and have yourself a shot after that one. Exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. So that moves on to the slam dunk contest. Um Oh god. I try to I try to get these names correctly. You're gonna hear me mispronounce some. Some of these guys I don't really watch too much. Uh, Pat Conaghan, Conaghan. Come on, you gotta know him. He he came from Notre Dame. Pat Conaghan. Yeah, I know, but I could never say his last name. (laughs) It's one of those things where, like, just you you see Patty play. You know what I mean? That's the bottom line. Aaron Gordon, Dwight Howard, and Derek Jones. Now, a little backstory to this. Um, Dwight Howard was the 2008 Slam Dunk Contest winner, and a great competitor that people are really keeping an eye on. Is Aaron Gordon out of Orlando here? I mean, I think this is going to be two guys that are going to go head-to-head to win this thing. I think one of those two guys are going to win. Aaron Gordon, Dwight Howard, I can't give you an... I, I, if I was going to pick a winner, I'd pick Dwight Howard. But that's just me. I'm old school. I, I still like the guys from back in the day a little bit here. Um, I started watching basketball when the Celtics had Ray Allen, Rajon Rondo, Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett. And off the bench, you had Big Baby Davis, um, Jess... Uh, I just went blank there, but you get the point. That's the Doc Rivers was still the head coach for the Celtics, so that's where that's where that comes from. Dwight Howard was just a monster back in the days too. Anything you want to add to the Slam Dunk contest? Um, what we're gonna do? Uh, no, this great breakdown, and because the odds aren't out obviously for that, because it is only Thursday at four. Uh, what yep. we're gonna do is Friday night or Saturday morning or Saturday during the day when those odds do pop, uh, we'll tweet them out on our Twitter accounts. Uh, probably we'll probably tweet it out on our uh, our book account, and I'll, we'll probably just both retweet it on our personal accounts. We'll tweet like um, the top odds guys, or maybe we'll just tweet out like uh, maybe like if we're gonna pick two guys, like our top two guys we want to pick. Uh, we'll tweet that out for three point contest and dunk contest, just to hey, if you want to someone that's obviously Alan's done some pretty good research on this. I have not, so I'm taking his word for all this, which I trust him. Great NBA guy here. Um, Take his opinions, take with a grain of salt, whatever you want to do there, but you have something to yep. go off of. 
absolutely. It's, and that's all it is. This is a base. Um, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, like, not all my picks hit. I, I There's nights I go 2-3. and three, There's nights I go 5-0. and oh, There's nights I go 1-4. Uh, and four. It's it's like anything in sports. It's, it's unpredictable. But you know what? You can only do as much research as you can and make the best prob- uh, bet probability you can and and hopefully you hit i mean that's what we talked about last week doing your research and breaking everything down and sometimes you still lose it, it, it's a part of the game you're not here to get rich you're here to have fun you're here to get us drink a few beers with the boys uh girls uh whoever does this um this is what it's all about now the last challenge we have is a skills challenge um i'm not there's there's like 12 names i'm not going to break through all these uh you'll see when the odds come out here um, Jason Tatum won it last year. He's in it again. I mean, I can honestly see this boy going two in a row. I mean, maybe a little bias here at the old Celtics guy. You know what I'm saying? Um, but he's, he's one of my favorites. So I think he's really picked up his game this year, and that's why I'm picking him for round two again here this year for the skills competition. Now, what I do want to add to this skills competition, three-point competition, um, dunk competition, uh, remember when these lines are made, they're going to favor people that you know. And people yep. that won previous year. So last year, Joe Absolutely. Harris was undervalued because yep. you didn't really know who he was, but he was just as good as everyone. Look for that same guy this year. Don't know who it is. Got to look through him. Dunk contest. Dwight Howard is probably going to be the favorite because everyone knows him. Doesn't mean don't pick him, but maybe look for someone with a little better value because, I mean, if they give you Howard at like plus 120 or something, that's not, there's no value there in a the dunk contest. Same thing with skills competition. They're going to favor Tatum probably. And you're going to have guys like Trey Young that's probably going to be favorite because. He's known as a ball handler, or like Ben Simmons. If he's in, I'm not even sure if he's in it. You're gonna have guys like that. You gotta, you gotta almost think outside the boxes. These are guys are all NBA guys. They could all dunk. They could all hit threes. They could all dribble basketball. They can all do all this stuff. You're looking for value within that. That's the, that's the puzzle you're trying to figure out. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so that was pretty much a wrap for NBA All Star Weekend. Um, don't forget. Uh, give your favorite uh, co-host a little shot here for his uh, birthday tomorrow, uh, Valentine's Day baby. I am a baby of love, but I cannot find any. So there is that. I will be loving on my beers tomorrow. That is all. So here we go. Uh, Ed, do you want to want to switch over to the XFL game here? Yeah. Happy uh, almost birthday, buddy. Don't worry. Well, I'll have a couple for you. I'm, I'm well. I'm coming down. I'm coming down to your area tonight to play some cornhole. So if you're coming, we'll we'll, we'll have a couple. Yeah. Yeah. We will probably meet up for a beer or two tonight, absolutely. <laughs> okay, yeah. So with that, uh, great NBA breakdown, Alan. Um, self, great college basketball breakdown. You know, you got you to gotta, uh, you gotta encourage yourself there every once in a while. Give yourself a pat in the back. So we'll jump over the XFL here. I watched a little bit of this stuff. Uh, we, were, Me and Alan kept calling back and forth. In my opinion, the game Saturday looked like the better teams than the game Sunday. Uh, absolutely. But it might have been I was more focused on college basketball Saturday and just saw scores going up. Sunday, I was mainly focused on the XFL. Um, I know you watch more of this than me. What was your kind of takeaway of the XFL? So, like I've said, you could take this both ways. Um, you could say that the DC, it was the two games on Saturday were the DC Defenders uh, versus Seattle Dragons, and you had Houston Roughnecks versus LA Wildcats. Um, you could take, you could. I was I was big on Pep Hamilton. I told you that week one XFL Pep Hamilton. I mean, it was the offense was a little uh, strange to what I've seen Pep Hamilton run. He went to more of a spread them out. I'm going to chuck the ball with Cardinal Jones down the field a little bit here. Uh, they won the game 31-19 versus the Dragons. DC Defenders versus Dragons. Uh, Houston Roughnecks LA Wildcats was 37-17. I was more stuck on this uh, DC Defenders game. 
Um, like Ev said, um, it seemed like Saturday just just uh, happened to have the, the better teams in it. But the one thing I'm I'm wondering is, do these teams have better offense and worse defense? Because I mean, let's face it, in all pro ball, uh, uh, which you would call professional football, um, your goal, your defensive goal, depending on your defense, is to you know, on average, you give up 14 to 17 points a game. That's what you want to give up. And you want your offense to score more than 17 points a game, obviously, to win the game. That's the goal. That's what that's what coaches account for. That's in the game plan. Um, I watch a lot of coach clinics, so, you know, hopefully one day want to be a coach here. But um, like I've said, you, you can take this both ways. I want to say we were – me and Ev were both sold on that, the Dallas Renegade tank. I mean, it was – we were uh, – impressed by i mean they didn't have landry jones right you know what i mean so they had the backup guy start for dallas down there and they lost to the uh the battle hawks nine to 15 i i put i know we talked about we weren't gonna bet on these games but uh alan did he uh took the under at 52 which he won and then he took money for the game to go over i think it was what did i call you at ev uh 28 and a half I yeah something like that some in like the middle of the third quarter. Yeah, that turned out to be twenty-four points. So I lost the second one. So you know, I I, I kind of did a dumb move there. You know, we get. I think that's your biggest gambling. Uh, this that should be our gambling uh, tip for the week. Um, if you feel certain with one bet and you feel uncertain with the next bet you want to make, don't make the bet. Nine times out of ten, you're gonna lose the bet. I mean, you're getting greedy. I got greedy. That's what happened to me. So don't be, don't be the greedy Allen. Don't be the Scrooge here. You know, make sure you give the tiny Tim. Let, that's just the bottom line. Um, it, it, if you have going on that, going on that. If, if you have a, if you have a bet that won under fifty two, it was loot. And yes, if you see potentially, oh, I can maybe win some here on uh, another over. The worst thing to do is bet the same amount or more because your original bet won. So you want to almost take that money. Um, yes. Bet either half. Of what you put on that, no matter what the sum is, or like Alan said, just don't bet at all. Take your one win and just walk away. Okay. Yeah, you want to leave yourself with some profit. And Alan does not do that ninety percent of the time. And Ev, Ev stresses to Alan that he should do that. And I know I'm talking to a person, but we've been in this uh, since I've started betting. Ain't Ev? I mean, Ev's really helped me out here, really make the best of what I could be in the betting world. And literally, the man tells me, leave yourself some profit. And Ten percent of the time I listen, and the other ninety percent I become a drunken, drunken moron and just throw money around like I'm a billionaire. So, with that being said, let's get to Matt McGloin and the New York Guardians. As I know you're sold on Penn State, you're a huge Penn State guy. Matt McGloin looked good. I don't know if you caught any of this game. Uh, did you? I did. I caught the. I caught a little bit of the first half, and then I missed the third quarter, and then I caught the fourth quarter. McGloin did. He. He looked good. He came out firing, and personally, he, he was. I think he was a good quarterback to fit the XFL like scheme. He was able to move around in the pocket. He's he had, in my opinion, he had good receivers. They had good scheme for him. It was it, personally, it, it suited him very well. Yes, and we talked about. I mean, New York Guardians went on to win against Tampa Bay, twenty-three-three, and me and Ev really broke this down a little bit. We were on the phone like you said, and this league is going to be a scoring league. I mean, with the rule under two minutes, um, with the clock stopping, whether you get out of bounds or not, um, I think it's going to be – it's interesting because it forces the defense to keep playing defense. I mean, you're really uh, – for people who don't play the breakdown uh, 
bend, don't break defense. I mean, this is tough on you. This is very, very tough on you to not give up uh, points in the final two minutes. And this is, I think, what's going to make these games exciting when it comes down to the wire. You're going to, they're going to have teams forcing the football down the field, and there's nothing you can do about it because time isn't running. Um, you I, get what I'm saying, Ev? Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I also think, um, who played the first game Sunday? I can't remember. That was the Guardians, Tampa Bay. Yeah, Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is going to be a team I'm going to look to bet on now. I, I did watch more of the Sunday games than the Saturday games. But in my opinion, Tampa Bay, they failed inside the red zone like four times, like inside the five-yard line like four times and got like three points total and then had two more red zone turnovers. That is – now I'm just taking what I know from college football and, and NFL. That is a prime – you're going to buy low on that team because they got there. They just couldn't finish a couple drives out, and you're going to sell high on whoever they play the next week when it comes up yeah. – if if they play a, I don't know who they play this upcoming week, but it's a it's a it's an idea to look at it that you're still using what you know from your regular football because it's still the same football, you're just yep. putting in something else and it's you're still having buy low, sell high, fade, blah blah blah. You're still having all of that, and that's how I look. I look at it from that that scope of the team did get to the five they, they got inside the five yard line I think three times in the second half and got zero points from it. Yeah, I think uh, I, I I completely agree with that. That's another good tip for you there. Uh, the Dallas Renegades, like I said, they lost. We were high on this team with Landry Jones uh, down there, and um, they lost nine to fifteen to the Battle Hawks. I think the Battle Hawks showed up, showed out. I mean, this was just this is one of those battles that low scoring. We love to see defense battle back and forth, back and forth. Um, I just I really like this league. I think it has the chance to survive. We hope it does. Uh, the other two things I wanted to talk about was the extra point tries and kickoffs. Real quick here, Ev. I don't know how you felt about the extra points. Uh, can give me a little, uh, little back and forth here. Okay, personally, I like them, but instead of going for one, unless you're gonna, unless you like know you're running it, I would just go for two every time because you're Absolutely. like an extra two yards back. Like theoretically, it's probably better to just go for two. Probability wise, you would think so. I mean, you start what the five yard line for uh, two points. I think it's the four. It's the five yeah, or the four. four. So it's right around there. But yeah, it's. In my opinion, your your offense is gonna be the same. What you're okay if you're on the one yard line, that's different. But you're starting at the two for the one point, or you're going back to the five. Your offense on the two and the five is almost the same. Yeah. I just, I don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't even think they should have. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I get what they're doing. They're just trying to eliminate the extra point there because the extra point's a given nine times out of ten in football. Um, but like I said, it, it's one of those things like I wasn't sold on it. I told Ev this. This is one of those downfalls to this league. I'm an original guy. I like the old school football. I liked I liked the horse collar tackles. This is a while back, you know. I'm talking like I really liked I enjoyed those college days, two thousand six, two thousand seven college football yet. Um, where pass interference wasn't as called and helmets to helmets and you could light somebody up coming over the middle, regardless. But I get this league is just trying to make it a little better. And that's what's going to lead us in here to the kickoff talk. I, I think the kickoff and kickoff return is interesting. How, how about you, Evan? I personally, I think it's great. I think it's 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 something very different because we're all used to the basic kickoff of where you, everyone starts. They run, blah, blah, blah. And the NFL has obviously tried to eliminate that a little bit with, with injuries and blah, blah, blah. I think the XFL did a great job of it because you could, you could still get a kick return. Yes, your blocking needs to be a lot more crisp to get a kick return. But this is a lot safer. Um, personally, 
Now, the only thing I don't understand about it is the whole, if the ball doesn't get to the 20-yard line and it hits the ground, the other team gets it on your 45. Now, that is just, that is wild to me. I don't understand how that makes any sense whatsoever. Now, I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to keep the ball. They're trying to get kick returns. Besides that weird rule that I I think it's cool and bad, because I know one time I'm going to bet on a team and they're going to, I'm going to be for it and I'm going to be against it in like the same game, which that's fine, but... The basics of like where they start five yards apart, I think it's very safe. I think it's good. I, th- I think it's something the NFL should. I'm not saying adopt it identically, but something in that in that process if they want to make kickoffs more more electric. Because I mean, you just have touchbacks right now. Yep. So I mean, with finalizing everything up, uh, I think that's pretty much a wrap on the XFL. Unless you have anything you want to add there, if I mean, this is an exciting weekend. Time to spend with the boys. Here we go. The yeah. girls, whatever you hang out with. Yeah. Be a shim. Am- be a female, transgender. I'm not here to assume your gender because in California, you can go to jail for that. Yo, so, go fu- ahead, Ed. Fun fact about California, they don't have male restrooms. Only female. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but let, like he said, drink some beers this week, play some cornhole. I know I got a tournament Saturday. I got a tournament tonight, too. Big cornhole guy here. Believe me. Huge cornhole guy. Um... I think that you're about you're right. That's a little nice little ten minutes on the XFL. We don't want to go too in depth into it because it's just kind of a, it's it's only nine weeks of football, but we still want to talk about it a little bit. Uh, I think we broke down everything we want to talk about this weekend. Um, Alan, do you have anything else to add? No, I mean that's uh, like I said. Just keep your eye on this as we keep moving forward with the XFL. Uh, you can make your more smart. Uh, better educated bets later on in the year here uh, you always have week five through ten so with that being said i'm i'm all cut out here man okay well uh alan thanks again for joining me as always everyone remember to like subscribe uh favorite subscribe unsubscribe subscribe again get tell a us, friend tell a friend tell an enemy tell a co-worker tell tell anyone that'll listen to this you know throw it on anywhere if you're sitting like class you have like a, a class presentation just start out telling them to to follow us and listen to our podcast uh, blah blah blah. Well, um, like I said, thanks for joining me, Alan. Be back Absolutely. here again. Anytime. Be back here again next week. With that, everyone have a great weekend of gambling. Uh, drink a zillion beers times two. Peace out. See you later. Barkley from inside his own five. Barkley with a lead. Barkley with a burst. Barkley down the sideline. Saquon Barkley runs the opening kick. 97 yards. Touchdown!